Hello and welcome to Two Fat Expats. I'm Kirsty Rice and this is my co-host Nikki Moffat. Hello. We've been expats or global travellers for over 20 years and we're here not because we're experts but because we hope our stuff-ups and our travel disasters might help you in your global travels. If you're on the expat journey, either beginning, middle or end, come and join our Facebook group, Two Fat Expats, where you'll find over Oh gosh, I think we're up to 35,000 fatarati now who can answer your questions. Nikki, how are you going? I'm going well. Thank you, Kirsty Rice. I am in Queensland on the Gold Coast uh, and it's pretty warm here comparatively to you because you look to be a little bit rugged up there. You've got, <laughs> you've got some sort of puffer going on and I'm, uh, it's a cool day here, but a cool day here is 19 in sunshine. I have to say, I arrived back from Qatar two days ago and I've been in Qatar for the last, I don't know, four or five weeks where it has been, you know, 43 degrees most days. And um, I, I I just have to say, I, I love the heat. But yes, got back here. Today's not a bad day and I don't want to bore everyone with the weather, especially if you're listening to this in six months time and it doesn't make any sense. But sun sunshine makes the difference, doesn't it, in cold yep. weather. So we have sunshine today. But I have to say when I landed back in Adelaide the other night and it was wet and windy and cold and my children hadn't had the fire on, you know, for the last four weeks. So, you know, the, the house is at square one cold. But anyway, Nikki, we usually kick off with a game of would you, could you? I've got one. You've got one. Nikki, why don't we start with you? Okay, so Kirsty, my question is, would you, could you buy all the insurance? So (laughs) (laughs) it's around what insurance you buy in a new country. Do you keep some of your, in your home country? And do you lose out because you don't have a long record of insurance? What we would call in Australia, like the no claim bonus for five years. And then your insurance, your premiums go down because you haven't had a claim for a certain amount of time. Uh, all this just came to me because I was recently updating my uh, Danish insurance and was having these same conversations with the uh, insurer and the people on the phone asking me, you know, how long have you lived here? How long, you know, all this kinds of stuff. And I thought, you know, we do as expats and when we move from country to country, we, we, you're back at square one every single time. Every single time you're buying insurance, you're buying it at the maximum price, mm. you know, and there are sometimes there are different insurance that you may not know about. And, of course, an insurance company wants to tell you everything all the time. So you, you diligently write down all the insurance they're offering and then go away and have to ask and questions and everything. You know, for example, in Germany and, and in Denmark, there's a kind of liability insurance that most people buy because uh, if you accidentally, you know, there's a lot of people on bikes, if you accidentally knock a bike rider off a bike, then you're then responsible for all their health insurance and then possibly their salary for the rest of their life should something terrible happen to them. So you have to, so there's almost a specific insurance for that that you would never buy in Australia, you Mm. know. And so it just depends where you're moving from, where you're moving to, all the insurances. Do you keep life insurance in your home country? Mm-hmm. Is that possible? If you do keep it, have you checked the fine print that they will pay out if you're living overseas and you're a non-tax resident, et cetera, et cetera? So yeah. it's just really a question around it just every time I do it, I think about the all the insurances that we have and that we buy and why we buy them. I mean, I have to say in Germany for four years, we didn't have content insurance on our flat. <laughs> so it was just an oversight. And then I, I, something happened and I worked it out and I, and I got it. But you know, th- these things 
happen. And then how much insurance costs in different countries is also really interesting. So, you know, in some countries, it costs a lot more than others. And, and how do you factor that in? I know it's all part of, you know, the bar, bar cost of living baskets, etc. But it's just an interesting exercise. And it's probably should go on the list of, you know, when you move, you always have cancelling insurance. And you have uh, seeking insurance. Obviously, people put a priority on health insurance because that's important and that's sort of something that can can kick in straight away. But these other kinds of insurances, sometimes you're not really sure about. So just thought I'd bring it up for discussion points. Yes, and you've raised really good points. And obviously, everyone's going to be different. So yes, in Australia, like you said, Nikki, you if you've been an expat for 20 years, you're going to be in trouble when you try to come back and suddenly start your private health insurance because they'll want, you know, they, they want to see some sort of record or whatever. And, and I know you've mentioned before that there is something you can get that you give the Australian government or you give the, the private health insurers yeah, you, you you apply for a uh, it's called a record of movement or something, and so that the because every time you go through, even if they don't stamp your passport, the government does make a note of when you're in and out of the country. Sure so do. you can apply for your own record of movement, and you can give that to the uh, health insurance company to show that you have been out of the country for the majority of time, and then they will they will take you out of the loading. Because in Australia, if you don't have private health insurance, once you hit 30, every year you don't have it, you have to pay a little bit more to jump in because they don't want you they want you paying the whole time they don't want you jumping in when you're in your 50s and you might need it more for various bits and pieces yeah so that that's that's an australian quirk uh but that's you know I'm, and every country has different kinds of quirks and different things for example in denmark we pay one yes pri- one cost for private health insurance for each of us and it covers the whole year and private health insurance is very different there's not as many options or choices, but it, it's a much lesser cost, but it seems to cover more things in the long run. So, but does it, I don't really know. <laughs> and I hope we never have to find out how deep that goes. But yes. yeah, there's all sorts of bits and pieces and different countries have totally yes. different ways of doing things. So when we set off in our expat adventures, I remember that was one of the attractions was the company that we moved with paid all your um all your medical costs, wherever you were, you were covered under their insurance. It didn't matter where you were, how you were, whatever. We've since moved countries and changed employers and done whatever. So what I guess I would suggest to people is, yeah, the biggest thing to find out would be, are we covered if we're not in the country we're posted, right? So we have great medical insurance in Qatar and it's covered for anything in Qatar. We can go to any hospital. We can get, you know, anything and we're all completely covered. And that also goes with dental as well. Um, that's completely covered. But then you've got that sort of weird feeling when you travel of, you know, am I actually covered if I'm on my holiday, you know, in Disneyland or I'm wherever, or am I covered when I go to my home country? Um, And we have been, we've had all different circumstances where we've had to negotiate, but these are the, these are the questions you need to ask and find out. I also looked into private health insurance for 
um, our family in Australia because we had one child. You know, well, we've—I mean, each child always ends up with something, don't they, Nikki? But we had one child in particular that ended up having grommets again and again. She had grommets in Houston. She had grommets in Calgary. She had grommets in Australia. Like it was just her thing, and I, it worked out. I was better. It was better off paying cash than. Uh, taking out private health insurance for our family for, you know, that year to make it happen. So, you know, these are the things you need to ask if you set off on your journey because sometimes you can be so taken with, oh, they're going to provide accommodation or, oh, they're going to provide me with two flights home. Um, But that should be number one on your list to find out what does my health insurance look like and how do I do it? Now, there are international health insurance options like I always see on other expat pages usually those people are the ones that sponsor things you know Nikki we are fiercely independent here at Two Fat Expats we don't recommend nor get sponsorship of any of these things and I know that those companies do offer international health and I guess my my thing would be just make sure whether you actually do need it or whether you're just being you're overcompensating for what it is the one thing I would tell you you do definitely definitely need that has helped us out is trauma and disability insurance so like you said Nikki do you take out life insurance in your home country and I would say Yes, you do. Um, But you can also look at taking out some sort of trauma or disability um, insurance so that if you were to get cancer or if you were to be involved in an accident and, you know, you make sure that you're covered in another country if that happens, but then you'll get that payment that will save you for any cost for anything. And that would definitely, I would advise on that one. Yeah, so that's interesting. So that was, we went through a financial planning process in Australia and they recommended that we get trauma and disability in Australia and life insurance. But all that is covered in Denmark under the company. Not It's not a perk, it's just like part of the company policy and you elect to pay in or yeah. not and, and you elect how much you're covered for. Yeah. So it could be that you are covered where you are and like yes. in in Germany we were not in Denmark it's different so it's it's yes. just it depends where you are and so yeah. you then also have to take the choice of do I stop my cover elsewhere and take this one up because it's more effective cost effective yeah. and what does that mean if I then want to go back and pick that other cover up later so yes it's just Everything, like being an expat, everything is a little bit more complex. There's a little few more balls in the air and just a few more decisions to make. And in the end, you know, something usually ends up costing you more personally. Yes. But you do it for the love. You do it for the lifestyle. <laughs> you do it because every day you get up and look out the window and go, this is so cool. And even on days you go, there will be a day you get up and go, this is so cool. I wasn't loving Copenhagen a lot in my little trip home and it might be because I had to leave my son here and I knew I was coming back to him. I'm not sure why. 
But then we did, we got our apartment ready. We did what we call the death clean, where you just do the deep clean in case you're not the next people that walk through the door. Yeah. People don't walk in and go, geez, they left their towels all over the bathroom, etc." <laughs> so we did the death clean. We walked out the door. It was a super gorgeous sunny day. Copenhagen was getting itself ready for the Tour de France, which starts there this weekend. And I was thinking, this is so awesome. If someone stayed in our apartment while I was away, look at all the places they just walked to, look at what's just down the road, look where they could ride to, yeah. look at all these cool things. And I was like, I'm in love with this place right now as I go to the airport to leave it. So <laughs> which is always the way. So, you know, that's what that's what we do it for. That's why we live these migratory lifestyles for, for the experience. And, you know, it can end up costing you a little bit more, but it's worth to have the insurance to help you out in some cases. Yeah. All right, Nikki. Would you, could you, would you, could you ruin the two fat expats group if you wanted to use it as your platform to discuss your feelings about what's happening in the world? And what is the two fat expats group for? Right. Good question. Yeah, I think that people feel very passionately about events that are going on at the moment in the world. And I'm one of them. I have so many opinions. Can't begin to tell you. Uh, But I don't share them in the group and I don't do it because that's not what we created the group for. Yeah. Uh, We created the group to be a place where people of all colours, creeds, religions from all over the world could come together and, and seek advice on particular situations. And the situation is I want to move from X to Y or I'm going to X, what's the best way to Y, etc. It's not it doesn't open with a or close with a comment about Because your country sucks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I think that if if it goes back, it's the same thing. We went through a similar thing when uh COVID started, right? So everything yep. was about COVID and everyone wanted to know things and we said We cannot know. We are not all knowing or all seeing and you can't keep asking these questions over and over because we don't know and things can change tomorrow. And this is different but it's the same in that it's it's another thing, it's an inflammatory thing. And the more people we get in the group, the more that's great because the the more knowledge we have in the group to share. But I did see a comment the other day. Uh, a couple of weeks ago saying, I really enjoy this group. It's not very um, inflammatory or political. Um, I, I enjoy the, the way that people support each other. And, and a lot of people commented and one person commented and they said, I enjoy this group too for all those reasons. But if you think it's the people in the group, you're probably wrong. The moderators do a lot of work behind the scenes making sure that it acts, that it, that it happens this way. And I put a little love heart on that comment because... <laughs> I wanted to say to that person, thank you for seeing us because what we're trying to do is we we have such, you and I, you know, behind the scenes have very strong opinions on a whole range of things, but we don't share them in the group because that's not what the group is for. Yeah. So we, we try and keep the group on track. There are loads of groups for sharing those kinds of opinions and there are loads of groups for whatever. But our group is for living the life that we live, moving between countries or arriving in a new country, being left, being a stayer or a repatriate or whatever and dealing with those feelings and having resources and skills 
and support from others to do that. And I think that that's how we try and keep the group. And I think from time to time, world events make it difficult to keep it on track because everybody has an opinion. And often we'll read something or a viewpoint that is not a viewpoint that we're necessarily exposed to in in our regular daily lives because it's coming from somewhere else and from a different um, experience point. And those things are great, but it's not a group about that. Yeah. And the last thing we want is people going, you know, this group used to be fantastic when they just talked about basic expat issues. And now it's getting a little bit away from that. And we're getting very strong viewpoints from people on, you know, how they feel about, you know, issues around the world. And yeah, that's exactly it, Nikki. We're we're not here about how you feel about which government should be successful or whatever what we're here for is you share your expat experience with maybe a new expat or you gain from someone else because you're moving or you're frightened about how your expat life is affecting your family or your um, career and the thing is I think when when people post these in inflammatory or when they attempt to because they don't last um but if, <laughs> if you're if you're angry and you're posting your anger and trust me Nikki and I probably agree with you we probably feel exactly the same way as you but if you enter our our lovely little space with your anger that you want to share and discuss that gets so far away from the reason we're there but it also it doesn't fix anything we're not we're not fixing anything by by that discussion take it to take it to a group where they're there to make change and do proactive things and march the streets you know ring ring the the toll-free number do whatever you have to do, but it's not going to fix it in our group. But what we would love from you is that caring, lovely, gentle side of, hey, I've done that before. Let me tell you what happened to me. Yeah. And that's not to say that political events don't impact someone. You know, you might have to leave the country quickly because of a coup or whatever. We're not saying that. We're not saying that's off topic altogether. We're just saying if that happens, reach out to the group, look for support. You know, when mm. the war started in Eastern Europe, there was a lot of people sharing resources and we've still got a thread with 300 and something comments about all the resources that could be used to help that situation. It, we're yes. not showing our privilege and shutting the door to every everything. We acknowledge that these things do have an impact, but what we're saying is it's not the point of the group and there are other groups that have that point. So, yes. Okay, Nikki, our three favourite things. I have loved most of all the split season three. Did you watch season? So good. (gasps) So, So so good. Oh, brilliant. And I was just so conflicted by the end of it, so I won't rave on about it too much. But anyone, if you haven't watched The Split, I envy you because it's such an exceptional television show that the idea that you've got that ahead of you, uh, I'm quite jealous of because I've loved it. And I rolled season three, I think, in a couple of days. What I would say about it is I read about it and they said that it's a three-season thing. It won't go to another season. So the ending is the ending. (gasps) That is the ending. 
No. So I, I and so then I went back and watched the ending again because I'm like, oh, am I happy with that to be the very end? So yeah. So the creator of the show said it's it's a three season series. That is it. It was only ever meant to be in three parts. Oh. I think it got better every season, and I yep. think season three was the best. Yes. And just the way the threads they brought them all together, and I just I thought it was fantastic. I really. Yep. And I just so yeah. the main actor Nicola Walker and also Stephen Megan, I I just I love Nicola Walker, but she's not traditionally beautiful or attractive or something. But it's just something you just can't. She's just an amazing actress, you know. Mm. Like, and, and you just I'm just like I really just really loved everything that she brought to that role because it felt also very real. Like it's messy. Yes. Life is messy. And I yes. think that, that that showed, that series showed how messy life is. Yes. And um, G and I were having a bit of a de- debate too about when, now that you've said, you know, about her, her like she is unique. Um, I can remember one of my friend's uh, mother saying to my friend once, oh, no, you're not pretty, you're striking. And um, my friend being really upset that her mother didn't think she was pretty. But I was like, no, I totally get it. Striking is so better. much better. Striking than, is better, yes. Yes. Um, but, yes, what I wonder with that, G said to me, there is a particular scene uh, without um, – ruining anything where she may start to feel inferior to another woman and she said do you reckon they've made her look just a little bit older a little bit more um you know busy day at work whatever um to sort of to sort of bring you into that those insecurities of um dealing with a younger you know person you know a, a younger you um so yeah I don't know look I, I just think it was brilliantly written the cast is amazing you completely you take the ride with them it's excellent uh so yeah the split season three uh I also watched and this is a, a, probably a bit old now but did you watch Gaslit I I haven't yet it's on my list but I just yeah. I'm just not sure I can I have to be in the mood I think it's one of yes. those ones yeah, so it's a good one. Gaslit is a political th- thriller and it's sort of based on the life of Martha Mitchell, who, which is played by Julia Roberts. It's got Sean Penn in it who uh, plays her husband, Attorney General John Mitchell. He does not look a thing like Sean Penn. I yeah. had read nothing about Gaslit before I put it on. Yeah put it on, started watching and it took me into a sort of the end of the first episode where I was saying, is that Sean Penn? I think that's Sean Penn. <laughs> like it, it, it is really like, yeah, it, it, a brilliant, brilliant performance by both, by both Julia Roberts and him. My only thing, and I'd love to hear from anyone else, there is one character, Gordon Liddy, and we have one episode which is – really all about Gordon and um, Gordon's incarceration. And I really don't think it was necessary at all. I still don't understand the point. I really didn't enjoy watching it. It nearly put me off going forward because it was like, where are we going with this? This is I don't I don't get why we're here with this. So I'd love to hear someone else's opinion on it. But yeah, it's it's a good one. It's um, you know, it's one of those series that takes you back in time 
you know, to another life where you're completely taken in by not just the politics, but, you know, you realise how much American accents have changed over the years as well when you think about the Kennedys and you think about Nixon. And it's the same in Australia when we look back at how Don Bradman, one of our, uh, you know, famous sports people, you listen to his Australian accent and you think, we don't talk like that anymore. Our accent has evolved That's and changed. changed. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it was really good. Okay, and I've the other thing I have really, really loved is Everything I Know About Love, which is based on Dolly Alderton's um, uh, book that she wrote. And I think I don't have any notes in front of me, but I think it was about 217, 218 that she wrote the book. Uh, Nikki, you and I have talked about Dolly before. We were bit Love both Dolly. Huge the high low. fans of the high low. Devastated. Um, no replacement. We were, we were totally devastated when it finished. But I absolutely loved this series. Have you watched it yet? I haven't, but I listened to a podcast uh, yesterday about the whole series and they said if you haven't watched it, turn it off, and I didn't turn it off, I listened. Oh. So, I fe- so I feel that I know about it. I want to watch it because it talked about the whole plot line. Um, yeah. I want to watch it. It sounds fantastic. It sounds exactly like something yeah. I enjoy, but I've been, but I'm on holidays, so I haven't really seen that many. And I'm working on European time. When I say I'm on holidays, I'm in Australia working on European time. So my evenings are sort of work, work related, and daytime is doing things. Yes, <laughs> look, I think it's what I was interested to see was whether my girls would like it as much as I did because Dolly's probably you know ten years or more than that. So it's based on her twenties, which were in the early. 2000s mm-hmm. and so it's a whole new time of tinder which you you suddenly go oh wow yeah tinder changed your life do you know um in how she dated and and how she met people but it's it also gave me so much time to pause and think about slut shaming and the lives of young women and um, just seeing them live their lives in London freely as young women is fabulous. Um, And, you know, you have to look at honest, you know, to be honest with the drug taking that goes on and um, just the lifestyle that that happens as young Londoners, but it is fabulous. But I was really interested because I thought it was fabulous and could identify with lots of it. A lot of it, I mean, the beauty of Dolly Alderton is she is willing to share her most embarrassing moments to let you know, don't worry, I've been there too. I've done this. This is, you know, I'm willing to make myself look like a really terrible person to just leave it all out there for you uh, to identify with or, you know, to see a friend in or whatever. So I thought it really captured that the the whole, the lifestyle of a 20-year-old where you are feeling strong and powerful because we don't often talk about that, I don't think, about how we do feel like we're 10 foot tall and bulletproof yeah but then behind that the insecurities that come with that of wanting to be loved and wanting to um sort of understand where your future is going and how that looks uh i listened to dolly on the women's hour um it was i think it was released last week i have it it's one of those times where you watch the series and then you instantly go out and want to 
listened to every podcast she's done to talk about it and every interview she's had to mention it because yeah it look it I really loved it and my my daughters absolutely loved it as well they thought it was fantastic have you read the book or have they read the book no they hadn't read the book Okay, because apparently the flatmates were an amalgamation of all a series yes. of flatmates that were in the book. Yes, they and that are. was a, that was a, um, there was a lot of discussion about that on the podcast I listened to about um, yeah. whether they liked that idea or whether they would have preferred to see the individual flatmates. But yeah, yeah. Look, I think when you watch the series, it actually says at the beginning of every episode this this series is based on the lives of you know of of two people until they were boring enough that we had to make stuff up. Yeah. And so you know that it's probably not all completely correct. One of the things that did make me happy to hear, though, is there is an episode where she, because it really is her love affair with her best friend, and um, I think what's interesting is when she wrote this, she wrote it really about her life and then thought at the end of it, what is this book about and realised it was about the love affair of her best friend, of why why she reacted. And any of us who have been in a really strong relationship with another woman and been besties and then one of them has got a boyfriend will identify with everything, whether yeah. you're the one that got the boyfriend or you're or the, the one other that, one. Yeah, yeah, or the other one. You'll go, oh, yeah. And um, there is a scene where she is partying all night. She's desperate to kind of hook up with someone. She chooses, you know, she's rolling through her phone. She chooses crazy Matt or, you know, happy Matt or whatever it is, the, the, the good time Matt. And he's in Liverpool and she pays 300 bucks for or 300 pounds for a cab to get to Liverpool just to go and find him and by the time she gets there it's you know daylight and the next day and the party's over that she was going to meet him (laughs) at and he's let's just say incapable of um uh it's a bit of a moot point and they lay there and have a bit of a chat and I was really happy to hear that that actually did happen that she, right, that that she thing talk, happened, yes. yes, she talked about it saying, oh, yeah, I've been that person. And that's what I mean about how she is very open to uh, sharing her catastrophes and her probably, you know, a lot of – I think what's sad is a lot of young women are – a lot of young men would openly talk about that. Unfortunately, still to this day, a lot of young women are encouraged to be quiet about that because you might look a bit desperate, you know, you yeah. might look a bit needy where it's not the case at all. You're just having fun. That's true. That's 100% yeah. true. I'm definitely going to watch it. Okay. Tell me your three things. Okay, so my three things. The Time Traveller's Wife on HBO Max. I read the book. The book was huge like several years ago. Mm, I remember that. That was, I want to say that was 10 years ago. Yeah, like a long time ago. Yeah. It was when I was still in book clubs, I think. Yeah. So I, I like really, really book clubs. Um, so I was very keen to watch it. Um, if you haven't read the book, it would totally freak you out because it's super confusing. Like the first couple of episodes, it's one of those ones that takes time to get into because you're like, hang on, what's happening? No, what? Uh, no, I don't understand that. No, no, no. It really isn't laid out for you to really understand it. You know, some slow, some shows are slow and they're like, okay, I'm going to give you this scene so you can understand all these other things that are happening. 
I didn't feel like the time traveler's wife was like that. And if you disagree, please feel free to let me know. <laughs> Hold um, it. Wasn't the time traveler's wife made into a movie at the time? It was. It was there released? was a movie, yes. And maybe the yeah. movie was easier to understand or I'm not sure. But the series is great. I'm really enjoying it. It's got Rose Leslie, which is from Game of Thrones and The Good Fight. She married Jon Snow, <laughs> who's Kit Harrington in real life. And Theo James, who I was like, who is this guy? I like him, but I don't feel he's been in enough things. And so I Googled him. He's been, he was Kamal Pamuk in uh, Downton Abbey. So he was ah. had a, a very starring, sh- short starring role. And he was in Divergent, the Divergent series, but ah. not enough things. Anyway, I'm really enjoying The Time Traveler's Life. I have not finished it yet. I think okay. it's one of those week-to-week ones. So I looked, the book was 2003 and the movie was 2009. So doesn't that just show you that you can come back and... It's 20 years since the book. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's right. Nothing new, nothing's ever new. It's always something that's been recycled. The other one was, okay, so this is a part of a bigger thing that I love. I live 200 metres from a movie cinema in Copenhagen. I can walk out my front door in my pyjamas across the street and walk into a movie theatre. And so I did that one night when uh, my husband didn't want to come out with me. Uh, My daughter said no. And I said, right, I'm going to the movies anyway. I'll see you. I'll be back in two hours. (laughs) Good for you. And I went to see Top Gun Maverick. And, you know, I know everyone's seen it and everyone's got an opinion on it. And and then I... Oh, my gosh. And probably won't be. Uh, okay, okay. I don't understand you. How, how are we friends? Uh, so, and then I went to listen to all the podcasts around it. It's a total Tom Cruise vanity project. I mean, when we're at uni, uh, well, my husband still can. He knows all the words to Top Gun, like every single word to Top Gun. Like in the late 80s, Top Gun was very popular movie that everyone had seen a lot of times and it was always on TV all the time. So it was really part of our Gen X's sort of, it was one of our movies. If you had to list list the top 10 movies or whatever. So it's sort of Gen X meets Xennials, the Gen Z people, because there are, you know, there's a new group of fighter, fighter pilots. Wait, wait, wait. Have you seen Top Gun at all? Top Gun, the original? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you've got some context, I'm hoping. It was like there was a new lot of fighter pilots. And as we know, we've all seen Top Gun. I'm not spoiling anything. Ghost dies. Uh, and Ghost was his Maverick's partner, Tom Cruise's partner. So his son is in this movie. Uh, and so there's a storyline about that. It's the same story. It's a Tom Cruise vanity project. I snorted and guffawed several times out loud. But apart from that, it was still fantastic i really really enjoyed it and good news america is always going to save the world we don't have to worry they will save us as long as they let tom cruise keep flying planes so that was my second thing i can't believe you're not going to see it has any of your family seen it i can't believe that you say in the same breath i can't believe you're not going to see it it's a total tom cruise vanity project (laughs) Well, you've well, just you've just answered your own question. 
But that's not the only thing it is. Like, that's not the only thing it is. Like, it's rollicking old-fashioned entertainment, feel-good entertainment. Okay, got it. My final thing that I loved, loved, loved this week was I took the time and I went to Sydney by myself for a weekend. I snuck away and I went and saw two podcast live shows two nights in a row, a total decadence. Um, I booked myself to go and see Chat, Chat 10 Looks 3, which is one of the podcasts that we've talked about few times many times and that we it. enjoy listening we, we enjoy a bit of animal crab and lee sales and really there should be a two fed expats chat 10 crossover because they were both expats so you know we should have some sort of conversation there but i totally loved it i loved going to see a live show so many things we could do kirsty so many things and um i love that went, uh, hold it hold it hold it this is a show where people sang and danced and brought their celebrity friends on yeah, stage that's what i'm saying there's a lot of options but not that we would do but yes so the the reason i went two nights in a row if anyone's not australian doesn't understand what i'm talking about there there are two hosts of the podcast chat channel 3 uh, on the first night uh, one of the hosts organized a whole show and it was a surprise for the other host. So there was like a participant and on the second night, the opposite. So you could go both nights because there was no crossover or same content. So it was, it was perfect. Clever and they said, marketing too. very clever marketing on the second night. They said, who came last night? And you know, about maybe a hundred people put their hands up out of 1600 people in, in the theater. So right. they did do some of the, some of the two things. They also did sold a live stream. And uh, so they just, anyway, they, they've got and it all both, worked out. And both nights were completely sold out. Both nights were completely sold out. Yes. Wow. Uh, so, How much was it to go just out of interest? I'm wondering someone else might be interested to know this as well. Uh, How much did it cost it, to go? It cost 45 dollars to go well that's fair yeah it was only an hour and a half like it, it yeah. wasn't like like it, if you went to a theater to watch a play it would probably cost more than that but it would also yeah. be longer than that yeah so it was between sort of 70 and 90 minutes like with the delays and whatever so it was yeah you're out of there in, in, in under an hour and a half yeah so it, you know you would that's about what you would probably expect there was no food no drink no nothing it was just you're in and out and and that was the venue cost. So that was it. But I really enjoyed it. I got to see it with two different friends um, on two nights because I bought two tickets to both nights and then I, I invited people to come with me. And I just loved it. I loved being in a theatre packed with people. And if I don't get COVID now, I'm never getting it. Um, <laughs> I never say never. But And you obviously haven't got it because we're now talking Wednesday <laughs> next week. So yeah, if you yeah. have it, you have it. All right. So that is it for this week. And this is the 190 seventh episode so Oof. we are keep creeping closer and closer to our 200th episode so as again two fat expats started in 2015 what were you doing in 2015 compared to what you're doing now didn't even know the word covid then <laughs> <laughs> all right speak to you later all right bye 